Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, welcome to the Red Men TV. It is the final word after Liverpool beat Wolves by one goal to nil. Uh, 2019 ended with another win, and I am joined by Ross, by Adam, and by John to discuss this one. Um... Ross, pretty decent year all told for us. Amazing year. Um, one that we'll look back on in years and probably admire a little bit more. It's hard to, to do so right in the midst of it, but another win yesterday wasn't the best performance, but I think we're just used to that now. Um, I, I speak to my dad quite a bit and he grew up obviously 70s and 80s Liverpool and it was just you expect them to win at that point. I think I'm getting to that with Liverpool without sounding arrogant. I'm just thinking, oh, this will be fine. We know what we're doing now. Yeah, that's it. Like, And, and yesterday, um, you picked up a ticket late, didn't you, Adam? Yeah, about... like. Half two or something. Really, yeah. It might have been a bit before that, maybe half one or something, but it was it was late in the day. I'd been just begging it for a ticket all week. And it looks like I've got the same one for Sheffield United now as well. So yeah. I'd... Did you enjoy the game? <laughs> um yeah, I enjoyed winning the game, but it was a lethargic it I don't want to use the word lethargic actually. It was a professionally slow performance. <laughs> like I, I feel like we were like, look, we really haven't got much in the tank at all yet. I feel like we had a car and we ran out of petrol on like the 60th minute, but then we had enough people in the car to push it for the last half an hour. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm just happy to just watch us win games. I, I like it when we play like we did against Leicester and blow teams away, but if, if we win every game 1-0, performing like that till the end of the season, I don't give a fuck anymore. That's it. We did this last December, actually, didn't we? we, we I think we won 8 of 8 last December. Uh, and we were unbelievable, but now it's 10 wins on the spin, John. Um, during the busiest period of the year, when Klopp didn't really rotate towards the end of December, as he puts a really strong side out, not loads of rotation, we've still got enough to beat Wolves. Yeah, I think he rotated well enough throughout the month, didn't he, really? He rested the key people in midfield at, at um, key times, and I think that probably made a difference in the end, so that when he got to the big games towards the end, he was able to bring out the big guns and, and play them. When we probably needed them most, the truth be known. I also think we're forgetting at the minute that we are now really suffering with injury problems and there's not much scope for rotation anyway. Like Shakiri, as we were saying off camera before, didn't make the bench yesterday. Chamberlain's now out. Fabinho's out. There's, there's not a lot of rotation to be done within our squad. And obviously that'll change in a few weeks when they start coming back and certain players start... Like, well, we know one player's coming in, don't we? Mm. In Minamino. So... Once they're all back, I, I I think Klopp will go back to chopping and changing things every now and then. I just don't think I think his, his hands are a bit tired at the minute anyway. Yeah, I mean I, I, I get that. Like I mean he could have he could have definitely played the Rigi yesterday, couldn't he? That was the thing. But I think Klopp, if he can, will always just play the front three. Yeah, and he was able to do that, wasn't he? I mean, look, before we talk a little bit more about the game now, the gold badges thing, the Premier League allowed <sighs> us to wear the gold badges. It looked fantastic. Um, they're going to be worth quite a bit, those match-worn kits, because there's not going to be any other Premier League games where they're allowed to wear it, are they? So if you get one of those match-worn ones, savour it and sell it if you want to in about 50 years' time, because they're going to be worth an absolute bomb. If you had them allowed, only short of cash in 30 years, <laughs> banging it on eBay. <laughs> sound. No, it is good under the fact that... I like think... someone from Steps on a Brit Award. Are they worth money? So my mate, another comedian, did a story... Um, in one of his stand-up shows about, uh, I can't remember, I think he was in either S Club 7 or Steps. There was a fella called, his name's Paul something, and he so, he sold his Brit Award just to some guy on eBay for like seven grand. It was like the last thing of value he had, and he had to Besides sell it on. dignity. 
Yeah, but like, it, it, like the point we made, made, and I hope he doesn't mind me sort of paraphrasing his joke on this show, was like, to be the guy who bought it, imagine how evil you've got to be to be like, that's Paul Fingy's bit of that. Why have you bought that? Because I had to. Because <laughs> he had nothing else left. <laughs> It was, he yeah, off the street stuff. could have bargained him down, though, couldn't he? Probably could have. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you five. <laughs> Maybe he did. Maybe they started at ten and he went <laughs> down to seven. Who knows? I, I, and also, seven is a number I plucked right out of my ass. Okay, I can't remember any of it, but yeah. You, people buy Brit Awards off yeah. former celebrities. It's a bit weird, though. But the gold badges look good. Amazing, yeah. Uh, you know, we've seen the images and, and what the players must have thought when they walked into the changing rooms and they saw it themselves. Go, actually, you know, we are we are champions of the world. Obviously, they've been there and done it, but to have to see it and then go out with pride on, on at Anfield and go and wear it in front of the home crowd, I think that's amazing. I, I don't understand why it's just one game. You know, when Bayern Munich won it or Real Madrid won it, they get to wear it for the whole season. It's you know, it's promoting for the Premier League and promote the fact they've got the world champions in their league. I don't know why they're not promoting it more. They should do. They should be yeah. proud of the fact that That's the world champions come from the Premier League. Have we been given an explanation as to why we're not allowed? I think it's all down to do with the fact that um, Manchester United didn't get allowed it when they won. So Manchester United didn't even get a game. So I think if they'd then gone to Liverpool and all that and gone, yeah, you can wear it, it just feels a bit slight. They made the decision, what, 15 years ago, give or yeah, take. They should just change their mind and say, well, that was a mistake, we've, we've rectified it. When did the Premier League have lots ever of well admit club? that they've made a mistake? Don't no, never, I also, never. with with the never. mass conspiracy theories and there's Man City fans at the minute with like pin boards in the bedroom trying to like put a whole FA conspiracy together about why Liverpool are the favourite team of every governing body in the country. I think us getting any little bonuses like that at the minute just should, adds fuel to their fire, so I'm quite happy that we they can have... wear it in Europe, can't we? Yeah, yeah and you've got to appeal for it for the FA Cup as well. We gotta apply for it. Yeah, it's stupid. It's just like when they, when Everton walk around with fucking angry birds on their sleeve, <laughs> and we can't put a badge on to say that we're the world fucking champions. It's ridiculous. You know, it is genuinely absolutely yeah. stupid. Um, okay, on to the game then. Um, it was a we really should... strong starting eleven, Adam. Boss, I've just had a quick idea there. Now. We could invent a company called the FIFA World Club Cup, and then just sponsor the club. Okay. With a gold badge. <laughs> Maybe that fella who bought the fucking Brit Award could pay for it then because he's clearly got some fucking extra cash there. I haven't probably got that. Um, Lalana started on the right. It looked like a 4-2-3-1 to me. Yeah. Um, me and my mate were discussing this before the game in, in the boozer. Like, he, he thought Lalana was going to sit. I, I don't think we're ever going to see Lalana sit unless Henderson and Wijnaldum are both off the pitch. And Fabinho, I think he's like our fourth choice DM when they're all unavailable. So I I, I expected it to be a four three three with Lallana on the right and Wijnaldum on the left of the midfield three, but it did look like he'd gone for the four five one formation yesterday, and I thought Lallana did dead well, and he looked like he had a lot of running in his legs and was determined to sort of make a, a claim that he maybe should be getting a bit more game time. Um, and it's nice to see us switch the formation up as well and not completely fall apart and still have a, a system in place, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I used to get quite worried when we played a 4 2 3 because under the likes of Hodgson and that, that's what we played and it was always a bit stagnant, but it, it didn't seem like that yesterday. I don't think the formation held us back. I think a, a tiredness held us back from being at our best. Um, yeah, I was quite happy to see it. I think he, he's got better adapting to who we're playing. And how they set up. So Wolves are obviously going to like five at the back and counter-attacking football. If you've got Adam Milana in a more attacking role, you know he's quick with his feet, doing his, you know his Milana turns, whatever else. He's unable. He's able to unlock defences in that sense and get the ball behind. And if Wolves are on the counter-attack, well, you've got Cheney and Hendo there mm. to just break it down. Whereas like two seasons ago, I don't think he had that in his locker of, of adapting to what was what was being played in front of him. I think it's about playing your own game. Obviously, when you're at Anfield, but I think you've got to look at what's in front of you as my, well. My big thing is when whenever I think of like, oh, Adam Milan on the right wing, I think, oh, he's just not got enough pace. But when you're playing five at the back, John, you don't actually need that pace because you're never going to get in behind five defenders like that. No, so I mean, you may as well get him into a little bit of space. That's and look right. To I mean, Ross is right. The beauty of Adam Milan is how quickly his feet move and how quickly he turns the game from one position to another. It's not really about his actual pace on the ball. It's his, it's his head probably and his, his feet that are the, the key. He, he created space for Trent as well. By just you know, ultimately just being another body on the right hand side, like Salah has done before, of having someone mark the line. Well, Trent was on the overlap like countless times in that game. But fine. 
Yeah, I must admit, like that, that right hand side was the strongest part of the team for us first half. I mean, we just kept on barreling down that right hand side, didn't we, Adam? Um, you know, I, I loved Salah playing that nine again. I think he's he's nowhere. Although he's still greedy, he doesn't feel to me as greedy when he's playing centre forward. Like he he wants to, he basically wants to pass it to Firmino every time to get a one two on the go. Yeah. Um. I think it's nice to have this option to play a 4-2-3-1 and have Salah up front and, and switch it up when, when you're going to play against the team with a deep line. You're not going to have that space running behind. But I, I always prefer Salah out wide. I think he's better as a right winger. I think I've said that on this yeah. new, on, on, on your shows numerous times. Um, but I thought he did all right yesterday. I think if he gets that goal early on, we're talking about another great performance where you know he scored a proper striker's goal and he only just... It, it, it's a millimetres, like the difference in where it needs to hit his foot. Um, yeah, I thought again. I thought I thought he he, he did all right there, but uh, and Firmino in the ten is fine. But again, you want him to have the space of a nine and a ten, really, in in most games uh, against five at the back teams who we we want a bit of space in between the lines. I think this is a good formation to have as an option, but I, I, I'm quite looking forward to seeing us getting back to 4-3-3 as soon as possible. What about um, what about going back onto Lallana, John? Has he had a bad game for us this season? No, I don't think so. We, 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 we had conversations at the start of the season about, um, my God, they're thinking of playing him as a DM and um, thinking how stupid that would be. And even when he did that job, he did it pretty pretty well, didn't he? Everton was one of yeah. the games he did yeah. against, wasn't he? Uh, now he's now he's fit. I mean, he got injured again yesterday, didn't he? It, now he's fit. He's the energy he puts into the game. He always speeds the game up for me, and I think the way we play our best football is at pace. So he's perfect for us. So you know, um, he's shown time and again that you know he's worth a shot, and he gets an assist. He's been managed properly, isn't he? Yeah. That's part of the problem. I think everyone's got this expectancy of having a lot of from previous years. And, you know, he, he formed a dip because of his injuries. But, like, his attitude and his application of coming in and knowing he's a squad player now and what he's like off the field with the other players, he could have just gone, well, I can't be asked this, I'm, I'm going to get off. But he's got that maturity that comes in and goes, you go and do a job now. But I trust him to go and do it, whether it's a six or whatever, which he was doing in pre-season. I'll just come and do a job. I don't expect him to see him at Sheffield United or, or possibly Everton. He'll probably play Everton. But like, I'm fine with that. If he comes in, I'm fine. Last season when he came against Burnley, everyone's there, fell off and he put in a good performance. Everyone's like, fucking hell. He didn't play the next game and everyone's like, why is he not starting? He's got a role as a, a rotation player, which we need with all, with all these but games. But with Ox injured, if you yeah. want to rest Cater at the moment and Shaqiri's injured, then where, where are you going? But I don't know. And uh, as we said, he did a good job. I thought he was brilliant. I think he's been really good all season long and he's, he's at that point now where I'm like, does he, you know, you naturally start to think about next season and stuff and whether he's going to be here. I'd absolutely keep him around if he's willing to stay. You know, and I know we've got Milner who can play that role as well, but Milner's not starting games. It doesn't feel like he's starting many games in midfield Well, Milner's anymore. 34 this week, isn't he? But he's just signed a two-year deal, hasn't he? Oh, no, but he's, he's going to be there and he's going to play, uh, but obviously he's going to play less and less, I would have thought. And, uh, you know, Adam is going to slip into that old guy role that maybe Milner's got around the club, you know. I, I think right. Lalana could have an absolute world in the second half of the season and I still think he's going to be given a, a handshake and a pat on the back and he's going to leave at the end of the season. And I also think that that's the right thing to do. Um, I think, although he, he is a nice option to have when he's fit, he's, he's very rarely fit. And even if he lasts till the end of the season, something will come up early next season and I think it's now... It's time to sort of drain every last bit of usage out of him that we can for the period of his contract and then let him go and find a mid-table club where he can finish his career and look like a really good player and play literally every time he's fit then. I, uh, see, I, I think I think the opposite of that. I'd, I'd absolutely have him around because I think you lessen the chance of injury. Like... I, I don't know if you're a mid-table side that you want an Adam Lallana because... He can't play every game. He can't play every game. He might be good for a few weeks, but if he's playing in the middle of the park every single game, I just think he misses a third of the season, guaranteed. I can't imagine many... I remember Julia as well getting rid of all our experienced players and bringing in brand new ones. and uh, It was a total disaster. You really need to keep hold of some of these guys. You know, Even if they're not playing every week, they're playing the odd game here and there. 
just to have that experience at the club. You, you know, it's yeah, car shares with Hendo. You know what I mean? You don't want to. Yeah, they've always car shared. Yeah, but Hendo's Hendo's going nowhere, and Milner's exactly. experience is there. <laughs> now. You don't want to tire him out by making him drive every day. <laughs> so he has a day off. Sign a new centre mid who can share the drive and buy him a house next door to your They're best mates. They take the, the kids go to the same school. They, they, they Send them the to Everton then. Send them to Everton. Just look at yeah, Lana to Everton. <laughs> <laughs> they don't train at Everton. <laughs> I um, Yeah, I, I expect there to be a couple of incomings this summer. And there's going to have to be a couple of players that are playing game time at the minute that make room for that, and I expect Lallana to be one of them. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, okay, on to the, uh, another midfielder. I, I, it was very noticeable to me that Wijnaldum lost the ball at one point during the game, and I can honestly say that's probably the first time I've noticed him do it all season long. <laughs> um, but that lad just, he's so underrated. He very rarely gives the ball away. He seems to win the ball back more than any other player right now. And for me, I'd even go he's one of the first three names on the team sheet if he's fit. Yeah, it's his, his energy that he brings. And, you know, he's much like Henderson of two seasons ago where like he just got loads of shit for like doing like a, a doggy, dirty job of just winning the ball back and recycling play because that's all that he does. But that's his role within the size. He doesn't need to do anything. You know, he's not known for long passing or, you know, through balls or anything like that. He doesn't need to be. He just go and win the ball back be dogged and, and, and move it on. That's all they need to do, stick his arse out, win the ball back. No one's getting near that ball once he does that. And it's sound. Yeah. He, he's a player you want to keep well into his 30s, Wijnaldum, because he, he's so versatile. Like, the role he plays for us is so <coughs> far <coughs> removed from what he plays for Holland. Mm. That they're completely... You, you'd think that com, not one player be able to do both of these things. He, he's playing the Kante role for us which is get off that ball, short pass, and shut up and leave it alone. And then he's playing a Nabil Fecker role for <laughs> Holland and sc- scoring worldies every time he plays. You, a player's not supposed to have both things in his wheelhouse. Um, I, I'd keep him for a long time. I think he will be a long-term replacement for James Milner, is someone who can sort of play almost any position. He's played almost every position for Liverpool, and I love him. I I I hope he goes nowhere for a very, very, very long time. I think he and I, I agree with you. I, I, I want him on the team sheet as soon as he's. I, I'm afraid we're about 15 minutes into the show, so we've got to talk about VAR, which is the the one topic that I probably didn't want to talk about, but absolutely needs a little, um, a little chat about. Uh, John, um, Liverpool were correctly awarded a goal. Had Anthony Taylor blown his whistle half a second earlier, VAR wouldn't have been able to correctly give the goal. What the fuck's that about? VAR. Who thought it was so such funny, such a funny thing? I laughed my socks off. I just thought it was hilarious that um, he tried to to deny us a goal, and then found he couldn't, and then he tried to give them a goal and found he couldn't. <laughs> he's the worst so referee. Just he is Taylor. the most incompetent. He's either the most biased referee against us or is the most incompetent referee I've ever seen. He's absolutely useless. Um, Just so happens to so be I, and from I couldn't Manchester, think of anything better than the sight of Wolves players berating him and giving him a really bad time for giving them two decisions and having VAR wipe them out. And he couldn't do anything about it. He wanted to give <laughs> them the decision. He literally tried to they give them They were giving him decisions. such a bad time because VAR had cancelled the decisions out. And it had nothing to do with him. He was desperate to, to give him the other way. Is this, a, just, is this a problem with VAR? Because it, it, it looked to me see, like VAR, VAR got both decisions VAR right. is perfect for the, the goal, for seeing that an injustice had been done and correcting it. The offside is where it's coming into disrepute. And I went down to the concourse and saw the decisions on the telly. And as soon as I saw the offside... I knew it was offside because I judge it now by the Bobby's armpit rule. And I thought, he's offside. He doesn't look a bit offside, but he's definitely got some, something over that line and that'll count. And that's, that's what it's how daft it is. VAR's not the problem. The offside rule is the problem. Yeah. Um, and I was saying for the past few weeks, I, I would like to see a daylight rule. Basically the exact opposite of what we've got now. Which is if there's a millimetre of you on side, you're on side, because then we'll see more goals and 
Plus he's better with more goals in as far as I'm concerned. That's what Graham Suness was saying actually on yeah. Sky and, and I thought it was really good what he was saying. He was like, if there is any part of your body that is onside, it is onside. I think it should just be feet. I think feet are If your feet personally. are behind the line, you're onside. But, but, also, then, you but then yesterday he'd have been offside. Which, which is seems... fine. You've got to draw a line somewhere. But you're either drawing the line at daylight, sorry Ross, you're either drawing the line at daylight, you're drawing the line at his feet or you're drawing the line at an armpit. Somewhere along the line, there is a line being drawn. The problem is you can't change it now halfway through the season, but then no. again, like Crouch tweeted the other week, like, he'd have been offside for everything, you're punish someone for having bigger feet than someone else. And also, Sunes is counteracting himself because he said, you can't be a little bit pregnant, so you can't be a little bit offside. You're either offside or, or you're not. The way it is now. The, the, the way, way it is now. Yeah, really. I think the law needs to change, but also VR has just highlighted how terrible the referees are in this country. And how they they can't run it, and I think Conor Cody's post match thing was excellent yesterday. I was saying there's no communication between the players and the referees about what's going on. They haven't updated the players since the start of the season. What's going on with VAR? Why they make decisions and stuff? I think there's a little bit more understanding if they, if they talk, well, talk I, to them about I, I it. I wouldn't want to support referees, but there's no referee in the world could tell you that was offside yesterday no. on the decision, the way the decision was made. Not a referee in the world could have seen that. No. So you have to have something that's. A referee has a chance of getting right, yeah. so it has to be something like feet or daylight or you know something that's obvious to a referee. You can't be millimeters or the guy's armpit. It's yeah. And the most important thing about yesterday <coughs> is, like, obviously, I'm I'm enjoying and also getting a bit sort of annoyed at the exact same time, and it's a really weird emotion for me at the whole Twitterverse of rival fans that Ed's completely fallen off. That it looks like. Liverpool are going to go on to do the unspeakable thing and everyone's got a different theory as to why we're doing it either we're just alright and everyone else is dog shit or we've got the whole of the FA and the Premier League in our back pockets and everyone's corrupt or we're all injecting steroids and everyone's got their own theory and the fact there's so many different theories means it's probably none of them and that we're actually just dead good at footy but people kicking off that VAR was brought in to do whatever and to help Liverpool both decisions were right. The problem's not the VAR, it's the rule. Yeah. And I feel like I'm just repeating everything that every pundit on Sky says every week, because I am, because it's just getting tedious now. We're going to have this till the end of the season. No matter what, till the end of this season, not one rule can change, because we can't have a goal given in a game that wouldn't have been given in another game, because then it affects the whole competition. We can't change it till the end of the year. I don't know if that's right, personally, because... But if you're Wolves, would you not be pissed off if the, if the rules then got changed next week? Yeah. And well, at least if they're right, they're right. You can't change the rule. No, but you can change the application of the rule. As in, a referee in the first minute of a game with a big tackle is probably not going to bring a yellow card out. But 50 minutes in, the same tackle is probably going to get a yellow card because he wants to keep the flow of the game going early on and he gets to manage the game in the way that he wants to manage the game. Referees have that ability to be able to do that throughout a game where they make decisions. Now, it's a little bit tougher because of the, the, the sort of black and white nature of the offside line. But I still think you can apply it slightly differently. I don't think you can change how it's applied at all for the rest of the season. Because, like, let's say from now till the end of the season... Liverpool don't score a single goal where it's a marginal offside and we win our games without anything like that. And then every week, City are having goals ruled out or teams against City are getting them given because the offside rule has changed. Then the whole narrative becomes... Well, the offside what, rule doesn't what? need to change. Well, I'm trying, so, so, for example, the, 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 the VAR, the line is, is it a clear and obvious error? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. But it's not, is it? Like, well, that, that well, hasn't been the way it's applied. Exactly, it's exactly but you can apply it that way. That's you can't anymore, Why? though. Why they did it for a weekend, where they, get, where they changed all the results for one weekend, got berated for it, and, and then reversed it back. They've already done it. They've already said that. They do, can't do what it. What I would do till the end of the season is say, you're not going to use it on offside decisions. Leave just, it to the referee. Just stop it. Leave it to the referee. You, we, Whatever decision the referee be, makes. Stands. There'll be an uproar if that happens. And in my opinion, and rightly you, so. You, would, right you wouldn't necessarily know, would you? They could just say quietly, we're not doing offside decisions. Because yeah. there's no one in the yeah. world would have told you yesterday that Wolves' goal was offside, because I didn't know it was offside. No. And even looking at it, I didn't know it was offside. So no one will know. Just can can you imagine if City get beat 3-2 next week and all three goals are all offside because they've decided it? <laughs> like you, we, we can laugh at it and be funny, but it does make a mockery of the league then, because then they go... None of those goals should have stood. That's another way. But who's going to tell anyone? But why has it even been implemented? When Sky will do it. Sky will set their own VAR Sky things and match of the day will do it. You, nothing can change to the end of the season. But, but like it's got to be Sky don't know, do they? They looked at it yesterday and they didn't think it was you know, a right decision. Well, even the, even the one where our goal was given, right, first of all, that's a, that's a clear shoulder. There's, yeah, there's yeah. no issue there. That's Anthony Taylor being a dickhead. Yeah. And he shouldn't have blown the whistle as early as he did because he nearly cost us a goal by blowing it early. Because VAR could only check it if the goal's been given. If the whistle's blown before it crosses the line, VAR couldn't have checked it. Wouldn't have had any power to Why check it. Why is he even trying to give it anyway? Because if he's handballed, if VAR are going to give it anyway. Yeah, well, that's the point, isn't it? I mean, he's obviously seen it. It must be a natural reaction to just put your whistle to your mouth. That's the only thing I can think of. Or it's he's just, a dick. It's, but he's been doing it for 30 years. You know, and this is the first season, so maybe it just came naturally to him in this one instance. I don't know. I'm not saying one way or the other, but you know, when it when you look at that, when when it then goes down the other ends, even Sky don't know what they're looking at. No, because they're mean, seeing the VAR stuff. They didn't know exactly. they were looking at the whistle. I mean, VAR should be there, and I'd accept it if it's only there to stop there being horrendous injustices. You know, like the ball hitting the stanchion in the back of the goal and bouncing out and not being given. A handball not being, you know, given or not given. They're clear, you can see them. But the offside thing is just stupid. Why would you go down that route? You're just making a rod for your own back. Because there's every single person in the world will have a different view about whether it's offside or it's not. I thought that they should have given it offside because of the guy in the middle who was offside like about 10 yards. But, oh, but that, wasn't he involved in play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I'd leave the offside thing alone. I'd just, just say we're not touching it anymore. There's something that Gary Lineker keeps bringing up as well, which uh, I think is not... Apart from him, no-one's given any attention, which is you can't tell when the ball's being played. Yeah. And if a player's running at 20 miles an hour, like the difference of a nanosecond can be a yard. Like... you. <laughs> it's the, an imperfect technology and the advantage has got to be given to the attacker but it's not going to be the season and it can't be the season now but even if it was to alright let's say park it next season what did they do what did they do daylight I think daylight's too much isn't it I'd, I'd do what I said I would stop them using VAR and offsides leave it to the referees and the lines I, I, I don't see that happening I can't imagine they go backwards like that I, I think what you said before was right I, I personally think it's defeat because you're not, you're not, you're not doing a level fucking geometry to work out where the line is. If the feet are generally speaking on the floor, there you've got your line on the floor already for you. And if their head is over the line, if the shoulders over the line, I'm not asked. Because what I like is defenders are always going that way while attackers are going that way, which is why they're always armpits offside because their body flowing towards the goal. 
If the feet are fine, they're onside as far as I'm concerned. There's no yeah. geometry. Just yeah, give because them if you, I mean, I think it was Ian right last time. Watched match of the day saying, if you bend in your run, your body is automatically in that kind of a yeah. position, isn't it? So I mean, it's very unfair on forwards to to give armpits and all the rest of it as offside. But it's got to be something. It's got to be. It's got to be. You know, you know I'm for you know, for me, if you're if there's no part of your body <coughs> ahead of the defender, then you're not offside. I mean, in terms of your feet, I'm talking about. You know. If, um, and that should, shouldn't be that difficult to sort out. But. Uh, it, for me, the thing to do, which won't happen, is to get rid of VAR completely and just go back to what we had last year. And you know what? Sometimes refs get things wrong. They get things wrong a couple so of times a game. Sometimes video assistant refs get things wrong. Yeah, mm. just let them get some stuff wrong like they always have and everything was fine. And it just meant you had more stuff to argue about down the pub. Just but add, then, add in port people from other leagues. There's another clip doing the rounds now from Australia where they've, they've mic'd up the referee. Like, so people who are watching on the telly know what's going on. I know you can't help what's going on in the stands. But at least you've got some sort of knowledge of, of what's going on. But they communicate with each other so much better than what's going on in our leagues and they get the, these decisions right. There's also respect for the referees there. Yeah, you exactly. So you've seen them from that as well. There's, the, the, well, they do the it play. in rugby, don't they? Yeah. They do it in yeah. American but The players can't argue. Like Conor Cody yesterday said he was asking questions. The referees go, don't know, go away. Well, that's not helpful to anyone, is it? Well, that's the thing. The Premier League have always been shit scared of making a ref up because they don't know what the players are going to say. Because you know that the players are swearing at them because every single player who's on the pitch does this whenever they're talking yeah. to the referee. So you know they're giving them shit and they're not allowed to. Kids won't be allowed to watch that. You make up the referee. It takes one player to get a ban or a fine for swearing at the referee. And that problem's done and dusted with. Yeah. And then you then you do exactly what they've been doing it in the A League for at least two or three years now, where the refs have been mic'd up and they go over and you can hear what the video assistant referee saying. I'm showing you this. This is what and you make the decision, but I think I'd recommend that this is offside. Okay, Sam, no problem. Uh, video assistant referee says that this is offside. The crowd hear it. Everybody watching hears it, and you just move on. Just and that's it. fine. You know what I mean? You just need to bin it because it's just not. It's not done what it was meant to do. I'm definitely in favour of binning it, but uh, if you're going to have to, if you're going to keep it, then I'd save it just for those things like handballs and you know clear decisions that are you know um, clearly offside or but also, not clearly offside, but clearly a mistake. Did anyone see Rory Smith's article in the New York Times about it all and that? He's like, <clears throat> first off, stop calling them fucking laws. Laws are they? They're just they're just rules, and they're, they're supposed to be played in the spirit of the game. You know what I mean? They're not like these black and white things that happen. It's just like there's got to be a little bit of give because it's a human sport and there's referees in the middle of it. They're not computers. You can't... Uh, nothing's binary during a game of football. So stop treating it like the rules of the game are binary. You know what I mean? It's it's baffling. It's a really good article, actually, Rory Smith's one. I'd, I'd definitely recommend going to read it. Um, so, uh, just out of interest, <coughs> did anyone would anyone rather have Wolves' goal just been... Given. Yeah. Yeah, same here. You? Yeah. Uh, at the time, no. I was really pleased that it yeah, had been off. But, I mean, w the thing about VAR, we've just discussed it for 10 minutes. We haven't discussed how well Wolves played and how much energy they put into a game t two, two days, days after they played bloody City. I mean... They're on the juice, mate. You know, Wolves are on the juice. Quite clear. <laughs> Sayori Sayori definitely is. <laughs> bloody hell, he's you know, a monster. They got wound up by the VAR decision, they didn't did. they? They used it to fuel their energy. And they came out at half-time and warmed up again and all that stuff. You know, and clearly took the initiative in the second half. So actually, before we move on then, um, Connor Cody, you mentioned that some of the stuff that he said, we feel massively hard done by and I can't get my head around it. For me, it is not working. Some people are saying it gets the right decision, but where the player's on the pitch and it doesn't feel right to me. It is still confusing. I can't get my head around it. You don't get answers on the pitch. Anthony Taylor is great to speak to, but I ask a question, I don't get an answer. We thought Van Dijk handballed it, but the referee tells me Van Dijk is too far away. He played the pass. VAR is affecting the game. You can hear the fans singing about it. It is so disappointing that we stood here talking about VAR rather than the game the way Wolves played. That's exactly what you've just said there. And I, I was, Van Dijk really didn't handball it, by the way. No, no. But so. he, he did say, I think he did. But... And there's, if the referee didn't know, he didn't handball it and said he's too far away, that's bullshit. It, the yeah, ref yeah. says, we watched it back, he wasn't handball. You can't argue with that. But he's just gone, I don't know. So he should be pissed off. <laughs> and that's, again, what it's highlights, how poor 
the refereeing standards are in, in this country. Yeah, but That's if the referee doesn't see it, he doesn't see it. So, no, but you know, they've got the VAR on. people that can look back at that. And no, no, but um, when he's asked himself, okay, yeah, yeah. you know, did you did you see him on ball? He says, no, I didn't. I'm, yeah. I'm playing the game. You know, and that's what referees do. Mm. They don't see everything, but yeah. you know. But this is the like even like going back to like the fella who's the, the assistant referee who's looking at offside. I don't know how you're supposed to look in two different places. One when the ball's being played by Van Dyke in the on the edge of our area and at a line of a forward, you can't possibly see when the ball was played to make a decision. Mm. So why are you asking someone to do that in the first no. instance? I mean, there was one incident yesterday where there was a clear handball by one of their players and it ended up with them getting a corner. And my brother said to me, it doesn't matter because if they score the corner, VAR will then look at it and give the handball. I don't know whether that's true or not, it's not. Not, not before but that, the corner. You know, that's the way the game is going. It doesn't really matter anymore whether a ref gets a decision wrong or he gets it right. You, everyone is thinking, oh, VAR will just sort all that out. And it doesn't work. And, and we move on into the second half anyway. As you mentioned, John, Wolves came out and fueled the fire and the, 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 their anger. And they were so much better second half. And they didn't look like a side who had played two days earlier. I know they made a few changes and stuff, but they looked really good second half. And, you know, they only had two shots on target in the entire <coughs> game. They really did worry us second half, didn't they? Yeah, I think like, their game plan was pretty clear, like trying to keep it as close as possible in the first half, playing five at the back and then, and then counter-attack. I think they were just dead pissed off with all the decisions. Obviously, Santo gets booked it just before <coughs> time as well. I think it's probably a bit of injustice of saying, oh, well, we're still in this game, we need, need to go for it. It wasn't a case of damage limitation, it was like probably belief and to come off the back of beating City as well. Well, why, why shouldn't they believe themselves and what, what they're capable of doing? I, I think, again, I think it was tiredness on our behalf as well. I hadn't realised they'd, they'd got eight games, away games, without losing, hadn't they? Which is quite a really good thing. Yeah. Wow. And the only time they'd, they'd not scored in an away game was in the first game of the season. So, you know, they're... they're they're a much better side, you know, than uh, a lot of people think. I think they've had the longest season as well, haven't they? Because yeah. they started Europa League football in yeah. but I mean, we July. Just, we were just finishing the Champions League and they were when, starting when, you, when Europa, when Burnley were in the Europa, it destroyed them that season. But Wolves actually look battle-hardened now. They look like a really tough team. Wolves are just a proper, proper side. I think we're playing them again. Sorry, Adam. We're going to play them again in about three weeks, aren't we? So yeah, at their ground, not, that's going to be way. a tough game, though. The 29th of January, I think, maybe something yeah. like that. Like, Nuno Espirito Santo is quite clearly a very, very, very good manager. I think the likes of Arsenal would have been better going for him than Arteta, personally. And maybe in a year, I'll become a meme when Arsenal had it fared or whatever, because they're doing well. But I think Wolves are a proper, proper good side, and they've got some really, really good players that wouldn't <coughs> look out of place in the big six teams. I seen Paul say last night on Twitter um, that Conor Cody would be a good signing for Liverpool. Yeah. And I agree with him. To, to have as an option, you know, he's not necessarily going to come in and play every game because he's behind the likes of Gomez and whatever, but he could come into this squad and play 15, 20 Premier League games a year at centre-back because we have so many injury problems with our centre-backs. And he's a proper leader, a good player. They've got so many good midfielders and that's probably the hardest game we've had this season, so far, last night. I, I, I think that's up there with the, in the league. Yeah. Like the when, you consider, when you consider when you consider that they rested their top players, you know, Jimenez doesn't play, Traore doesn't play, and there's a couple of others as well, wasn't there? When you consider that and how many games they've played, and it's at the end of the Christmas period, I think you're probably right. And it was at Anfield. And we didn't look absolutely brilliant. I also, on an, another note on their players, Adama Traore, if there was any chance of us going in for him, I think he's perfect backup for the likes of Trent. We haven't got really a, a an attacking, pacey right back as an, an option. Our second centre back, our second right back is a centre back, isn't it? It's Joe Gomez. Who hasn't quite got the ability that Trent's got? So you'd to... use him instead of being a right winger. You'd use him as a as a right back. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, because he's played right wing and right wing back his whole yeah, career, yeah. and Trent is is a right wing back. Any the way we play, he's a wing back. Yeah. He's got defensive responsibilities, but his primary purpose in the team is to be a creative force. And I, I'd, I'd, I'd love to have them as I'm We dealt sure. with him really well though when he came on, John, didn't we? Say, in fact, so we dealt with him he had so to switch. exactly. <laughs> And then we and then we looked a little bit, you know, Trent looked a little bit 
on the, on his heels about it all, but all told, he didn't really do too much. He had that one shot, didn't he, where he hit it over the bar, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I think we did cope with him very well. I think we, we knew what to do about him. I think we you saw as soon as he, he came on that Mane and, and Wijnaldum were both given cover to Robertson whenever he got the ball. So, And we did, I, mean, I think we probably we probably trained for that more so than what they did. I think, but yeah. It says a lot about the guy, though, doesn't it, that, that we actually went out of our way to, yeah. to work out a system to stop him. You know, so. I, I, I think I said it in the build-up show, but I, I had a feeling Wolves might rest just on the fact that I think everybody thinks they're going to lose anyway, so they may as well rest the players in the game that they're guaranteed to lose, and, and I wonder whether <coughs> they were wrong players to do, do that. Players do that a lot. Teams do that a lot these days, don't they? They, they play us or City and they, they rest players knowing that they've got a game at the weekend they'd rather win. Yeah, you know? which is mad because I think Wolves would have given us a really serious problem. could have won if they'd played. Yeah, absolutely. Um, OK, Keita comes on as well. Uh, what did everyone think of him? Sound. Probably not his, not the standout as he has been when he started, but I think he comes in again like Adam Alana. He comes in and, and does a job. He's holding the ball well. I think towards the end, last 20, 20 minutes, having that grit and determination. And, you know, he's he got a bit of needle about him, Keita, hasn't he? I think that was needed. I think Wolves were getting really pissed off and there was tackles flying left, right and centre. But I think he shielded the ball well and gave support to Trent, which was required at the right time. Uh, and Adam Van Dyke made a mistake? Yeah, Me too, he did. He? Were you surprised? <laughs> Very surprised. And the fact that we even bring that up like that just shows who he is, isn't it? And I think what was really cool was a couple of minutes later, he does... I can't even remember what it was. It was just a little, like, no-look pass to Henderson. And it was so calm that it just made me just relax because I was like, oh. If that was another centre-back, I'm not going to name names, but if he makes that mistake, the rest of the game... Degsy. No. God, yes. Um, (laughs) If he makes that mistake, the rest of the game, he's a bit nervous and he's worried what to do. Van Dijk just goes, oh, fucking stays what I did there. The like trouble with it is that it looks like if he makes a mistake, we can see the goal. Because for, except for Allison, that would have been in the net, wouldn't it? I mean, mm. it was a really good save from Allison. Gomez played them as well. He made someone got in behind, and Gomez had to make a last ditch. Yeah. Oh, that was early on in the game, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, mm. yeah. Because uh, yeah, the comments were like, "Oh, that's it's normally the other way around." I was thinking that's a bit unfair. I've not actually seen Van Dijk bail Gomez out recently. Mm. No. The last time I saw um, Van Dijk make a really bad mistake was the City. away City game, yeah, in the Champions League, and they did score from it, didn't they? And that it's was there. really early on, and that didn't affect his game at all. So you know, it affected my, you know, yeah, heart, heart rate, <laughs> big time. I think I lost a few years that game. That was the that was the most nervous game I've ever been a part of, been to. Like that was the, City that away, was fucking horrendous that game. Uh, but also one of the best that I've ever been to for, for going on and winning that game to one and Otamendi thank you uh, very much for me no pickpocketed yet and we uh, went on and won the game um, ok result is all that matters um, weekend round there's not loads of games that we want to talk about um, but John the Chelsea Arsenal game was a little bit unfair on Arsenal but also typically Arsenal it, it was typically Arsenal. I don't know whether you can say that anymore. I don't know what the hell Arsenal are anymore. <laughs> They're not what they were, are they? You know, they play some nice football, got some good players, but they seem all over the place. I mean, how can you have the forwards that they've got and not score any goals? It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, Aubameyang scored a really good header. Uh, and, and I thought, well, they're going to go on and win this. Chelsea have, you know... Um, they're going downhill Chelsea rapidly um, and then they just threw it away just hopeless I just don't think I, Arsenal are a team are they no. you look at what we compared to Liverpool which you know was probably not fair to them at the minute but the unity that they've got and the belief in each other they've got I just don't think it's there at Arsenal at all you're right the three amazing forwards that they've got but the rest of them like well I think they they used to use Shaka when he first came as a bit of a, a bully in midfield mm. and to give him a bit of solidity and of course, everyone hates his guts now. And mm. even if he gets on the pitch, they don't like him, and he doesn't play very well. He's so they've got no either. leadership there yeah. at all, have they? I I might get burned for this, but I think Michael Arteta is an absolutely dreadful appointment for Arsenal at this point in time. I think there's so many problems there within the team and above the team. Like the fact they didn't end up with Ancelotti. Mm. 
who could... Sorry, can we give him his full title of Carlo Fantastico? Mr. Oh, <coughs> Carlo Fantastico, Mr. Magnifico, and Giovanni. <coughs> That's his full title, actually. There's two misters, one at the start and one in the middle. Mad. Um <laughs> the Everton official Twitter said, welcome, Mr. Ancelotti. Like, <laughs> mister? Anyway. You, uh, you work for us. <laughs> you literally work for us. Oh, um, But I don't know how he didn't end up there because Arsenal are so bad defensively. Yeah. Mustafi for Chelsea's second goal. He stood in his own six-yard box. And when I say stood, I mean stood. And the ball's moving and he's stood still doing absolutely fuck all. They need someone... I know Arteta's learned his trade under Guardiola, but Guardiola is a, a fantastic manager, although I like taking the mic as often as possible at the minute. But he's also... He, he does rely on being able to sign the best players in the world and go, right, here's my system, and with with a, a unlimited checkbook, I can really make this work and make this look absolutely flawless. We can look like one of the best teams of all time. He's not Guardiola, and he's not going to get that back in at Arsenal. Mm. And they need a completely new team. Their best players need to leave because they're toxic for the club. It's this, it's a similar situation with Pogba at United. He's their best player, but they need to get rid of him so they can move on. Arsenal probably need to get rid of Aubameyang. And Ezel. And Ezel. And, and Xhaka needs to go. And Mustafi, who's one of the most experienced players... They all need to go, and I think this needed a proper, proper experienced manager to come in and oversee a complete change from the top to the bottom of the team, and then there needs to be changes higher up in the club. It's like they've said, we've got no defenders and we like to play the ball even at the back, and Arteta's schooled under Guardiola, who's perfect at that, he loves doing that. So we'll bring him in and he'll get all our players playing lovely football. Forgetting the fact that they've still got no defence worth a carrot and the whole team is a mess. But what I can't understand is, and it seems like it's every team that's in transition, and Liverpool have been through this, it's the flip-flopping. It's, well, we need to get someone really experienced in, Emre. Okay, well, that didn't work. Well, we'll just do the complete opposite. We'll get a man who's never managed a football club before. Everton have done it. You know, they go from David Moyes, they go to Martinez, they go then, I don't know what the order of the manager, but they get fucking Sam Allardyce in at some point. You know, Sam Allardyce would have been a better, more logical appointment than Michael Arteta. Yeah, fair enough. It stabilised him, wouldn't he? He'd, he'd at least go, right, we're going to play five at the back and a defensive midfielder until you all stop conceding two and three goals a game. He, yeah. like, but then you got Manchester United, who had the most successful manager in, in the world, and replaced him with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I mean, that's just fucking stupid. You know what I mean? They're all just doing that because they're so far behind. They're just they're just rolling the dice right now because I think they thought that City were probably going to win the league for the next four or five years, regardless of what was going on. So let's just use these four or five years to try and get ourselves good. But, but even for Arsenal to look round and go, well, Everton have got Ancelotti, but like what, what we just spoke about Wolves of how good they are, Leicester. Like they're gonna fall even further behind on the Arteta. Get they needed to do a transition, but the chances of coming back and the, the, the scale of what Leicester and Wolves are doing, it's gonna take them even longer to catch up with everyone else. Good. Oh yeah, no, it's it was, boss. It was a good point. They're, <laughs> they're all just fucking idiots. I can't understand. The six points above yeah. the relegation zone, and their next game is Man United. And United, I mean, whisper it, but they're in good form. I expect United to beat Arsenal. Arsenal after the next match day could be three points above the drop. Like. Over halfway through the season, and now they've got a manager who has never, ever, ever managed a football team, and has n- certainly never managed a football team in a relegation scrap. And I know that seems like hyperbole to say Arsenal, in a re- they're in a relegation scrap if they lose their next two games. And also, like I can understand it when you go to someone like a Frank Lampard, you're a legend of the club. Now, Arsenal fans might tell me differently; they might tell me Arteta's a legend. But I'm pretty certain he came in after the fact after they'd won league titles. Like he wasn't he part also of those spent sides. Longer at Everton, didn't he? Yeah. He did so, like he's not a guy who even won trophies during his career. Did that he I won can two think FA of. Cups there. Yeah, you know, That's it. it's not. A, it's and not Lampard's had a year on. managing a club. Yeah. As well, it's like I've been talking to my mates about like when Klopp goes, who's going to take over? And it's going to be either Pep Linders or Steven Gerrard. <coughs> or Fabrice Mita. 
<laughs> or Vladimir Smitsi, yeah. He, he's, he's the rumoured number number three target. But which, if Gerard comes in, I think there'll be a few Liverpool fans that are a bit like, hang on, this 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 is dangerous, this. But at least he's going to have had five, five years managing a football club and he gets to come back to the club he loves. And he's doing all right at Rangers, by the way. I don't know how many people are keeping an eye on the SPL. Well, they just won the they just won the just old won the fame, fame. They, they win the game in hand, and they're top Level. of the league. Yeah. The two points behind them, they oh, win the game in hand. I um, just remember the last time we had a captain who went and managed Rangers and came back to manage. Oh, league. soon Ash. Yeah. Won the FA Cup though in '92, John. Yeah, just after a heart attack, wasn't it? I remember. Yeah, I was there. And he had to rebuild the squad. Yeah. Which, which is a possibility. Which he did by first of all coming and selling the best left back in the world to uh, West Brom or someone stupid on Villa. Um, the man was. No was good. that Staunton he's talking about? Yeah. yeah. Was he the best left back in the world? Yeah, he was phenomenal as a kid. He was absolutely brilliant. And we kept David Burrows instead. Yeah, I remember David yeah. Burrows. But anyway, the, you know, I think you need to be wary of how good the, the uh, Scottish League is. You know, it's not. Winning up there is nothing like the, the problem is if Rodgers does well at Leicester and continues to do well, that might taint people's view of the Scottish League a little bit yeah, there. They won't do that well, Leicester, over the I course of three years. No, I've, I've you know, I've had a look at them now. I'm thinking, well, you know, they're, they're probably the best of a bad bunch below Liverpool and City. The rest of them are a load of dross. I actually think Leicester are going to finish second. I think they're a really good team. Sorry, well, I think I think book. they'll finish third. I don't think they've got squad depth. I think that's part of their problem. I think already, they are a really, really good side. But they just rested most of their team and beat West Ham away, though. And I know that's not. But they, they didn't rotate and got dicked their own 4 0. I know, but. They're also playing the best. The, 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 okay. Like, we, it Come was on. the best game. Something. Probably yeah. our best performance of the season. I'm with yeah, the best yeah. team on the planet. So you, you can, they're still going to lose games. And they were in it for a long period. Mm. It was 1 0 for a long time. And Vardy won't be there for too long. He's 33 now, isn't he? So once he stops scoring goals for them. Is he 33? Yeah, he's 33. Yeah. It's mad how good he is. Yeah, it's mad how good he is. He's age. so underrated. Because he, he's retired from England, uh, England as well now, hasn't he? So yeah. he, he gets a few weeks off every now and again. Like, um, well, there you go. That has been the final word. So we'll, uh, we're going to crack on with the final, uh, the uncensored match build-up show. Um, before we go, though, Adam, you've got a new tour. Where can they get tickets, mate? Adamrose.co.uk forward slash shows. Uh, going pretty much all over the country. Every major city in the country I'm coming to. And we've just added a Liverpool date. Um, on Thursday the 20th of February I think but everything's on adamroad.co.uk forward slash shows and you've got a new podcast? yeah uh, that starts on Friday the 10th of January it's called Have A Word it's on all podcast platforms and if you get me on social media you'll be able to uh, I'll be tweeting non-stop about that once it starts okay brilliant well there you go uh, thank you very much for nice joining time. me uh, and thank if you liked it don't forget to like the video please like the video <laughs> it does help us leave a comment your thoughts and all that and we'll see you next time on the Redmen TV that's